Welcome to the I Am Healthy podcast. I am your host, Pam Grace, and this is the number one podcast for all things health, wealth, and ownership. Let's go! Hey. Yes, <laughs> let's get into it. I am so excited always when I'm here speaking with you guys because that means we have something amazing to share. I have a wonderful guest by the name of Don Prather. She is a wonderful friend, um, been a counselor, been a healer for me. And I just want to just invite her to this space because I believe she's an icon, icon living. She is doing wonderful things. And um, this is a space where we shine light on the people that are really making impact. And she has personally made an impact in my life directly. So uh, without further ado, uh, Don, please introduce yourself. Who is Don? Who is she? Oh my gosh. First of all, Pam Grace, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to the I Am Healthy podcast. This is beautiful and wonderful and amazing. And I'm super grateful and um, just have so much gratitude in this moment for you um invited me first of all having this space okay ma'am we've talked about it before months ago and here we are right and uh the manifestation of it is amazing and i'm super excited so okay who is don prather well i am many things i'm a mother i am a wife i am a minister i am um a teacher I I'm a lot of things <laughs> to a lot of people um I'm also the founder and facilitator of Beauty for Ashes grief support group and um that's where we met um and that's where I believe that my purpose work is happening if that makes sense um that that is a passion of mine to um invite people who are grieving into a space that is conducive for a healthy conversation and um a healthy space and a safe space for people to grieve out loud and not feel like uh we have to grieve in a particular way or it's supposed to look a certain way or whatever um but our mission is to make sure that every all grieving people know that they are loved and not alone and that's that's what i've been doing for the past gosh two years mm -hmm. it's been two years since we started um beauty for ashes and it's been an amazing journey yes 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 and i can attest to beauty for ashes and so let's let me tell y'all how I met Don. Right. And so yeah. I'm on social media in the midst of the pandemic. And yeah. I started following this beautiful woman um, named Inyafe. And yes. um, I was just really like captured by her storytelling and her writing and her artistry. And I almost felt that like every time I see a video of hers or see an image or even just read her text, I felt very connected to her or to whatever she was trying to express. So yeah. somehow I just felt really connected to it. And one time she made a post and it just said, I think the word just said grief. It just said mm -hmm. grief on there. And then it was a caption 
uh, and it was talking about the support group. So I uh, DM'd her and I was like, hey, um, and I think we've DM'd before, but this time I was like, hey, I saw this post, really interested in it. Do you mind sharing more information? How can I get involved? Um, and she shared the link and I happened to join the Facebook Beauty for Ashes grief group. And this grief group has been, you know, has been life-changing for me and was really much at the time when I was extremely active in it because I was going to weekly therapy sessions. And then yeah. I still needed bi-monthly or, you know, <laughs> not bi-monthly, every other week yeah. group meetings. You know, I think at first, I think at first it was weekly at one point. Yeah. No, I think mm -hmm. first it was weekly. So I was going weekly grief groups, <laughs> weekly therapy. You know, I was just trying to get my life together. And it was cool because I was able to focus solely on grief in the grief group where it was in my therapy private session, I was focusing on other different things. And um, I realized that I hadn't taken real time to process the grief. And I think by the time I met you, I was at least like five, six years in to mm -hmm. grief, maybe even longer, maybe six, yeah, five, six, six, maybe even seven years into my grief process whatever before I met you guys and I was like my first time really sitting down and unpacking it with other people um and I really enjoyed that safe space so that is how yeah. I met Don I I have met her physically but initially for months it was only virtually right only yeah. virtually I had this virtual community and I felt so connected to these people because I shared some things that Friends and other people don't even know about me. And I was able yeah. to hold space for me in a very, in a very vulnerable moment. You offered grace and support and covering for us, not only myself, but other yeah. people that were there. Um, there were times that I wasn't even just speaking, but just being in the presence of other people and hearing other people's stories and how other people are processing or how are we feeling today yeah. about our grief or, or what is showing up for us? Like though that group, has changed my life and I feel like the way I have pro processing grief now is so different um but it's definitely I feel like I've definitely progressed a lot a lot so yeah yeah so thank you Don that, and thank you Inafe for um I hope I'm not yeah. but Inafe thank you so yeah. much for um for connecting and that shows the power of social media that shows the power of like when you need something, it's going to show up, right? It's almost like what well, they there's a quote that says, When a student is ready, the teacher appears, right? And yeah. so I think I was ready to go on that journey, and that information was presented to me, and I was able to lean in and engage intensively, purposefully. And so, thank you so much, Don, for leading that virtual space for all of us who needed to heal, uh, yeah. especially amidst the pandemic when it got real for everybody, you know? For everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely for everybody. And I mean, and and speaking to that, like, that's how Beauty for Ashes even came about, because during the pandemic, I had my own daggone existential crisis. Like, I was like, really had, like, I really had, um, they call it, you know, come to Jesus moments. Like, I was like, what is, what is, what am I doing? What is life? Like, really... I got very uh, introspective and like was really seeking guidance and direction and all of these things. And I was on 
uh, Clubhouse one day. That's when, I, girl, I was on Clubhouse back then. Like, I'm just looking for conversations. Some somebody got to be talking about something that I just like. Like you said, like just hungry for. You know what I'm saying? Though the a safe conversation, like so I was needing something, and I was on Clubhouse. I was listening to this conversation in this room and it was about purpose and um like I got on stage and I like at that point like I I wasn't doing that like I but I felt like led to get on stage and share and I just like poured my heart out I was I had got to it was just like you know how uh it was almost like uh teapot you know what I'm saying like and it's like boiling and boiling and boiling and finally it like sounds off you know what I'm saying like it bubbles over it's like nah it needs to be taken off the heat right now like that's how that conversation was for me and it was like I just had to get out all these things and I was just sharing like my journey with grief and like I know that it was all for a purpose and all these things and so I didn't I think it in the midst of me talking, I said something like, like, I know I'm supposed to um, help other people who are grieving. I know I'm supposed to do like, because it was so, it was a definite, um, what's the word? It was a deficit of that. It was definitely lacking during like, when I was deep, deep, deep in deep mourning and grief. Um, and I just felt like there wasn't a space for me to go that I felt seen in. And the moderator was like, well, why don't you start a group? Mm -hmm. And it was just like, it's so simple. And so like, mm -hmm. matter of fact, like the way she said it, so why don't you just, so just start a group, just yeah. start your, and it was just like, oh yeah huh yeah like duh yeah. and it was just like oh okay yeah I can and it so I did and it was just like it started out on clubhouse and I moved it to um the Facebook platform because I felt like I needed to be able to see the people I'm talking to yeah. and um because we're we're talking about things that are so intimate and personal and like uh fragile um and delicate like I, I want to be able to connect with the people I'm talking to in a particular way and so we moved it to um Facebook so that we could have the video uh conversations and it just became a whole thing like I let me just tell you something. The way Beauty for Ashes, you talk about Beauty for Ashes changing your life. The way Beauty for Ashes has changed my life mm -hmm. is just, it's indescribable. It's not even measurable at this point right now. Like I can't even say, oh, because this happened that I know is the direct correlation here. Like I don't even know the effect. Fully, you know what I'm saying? That Beauty for Ashes has had on me, but it's been tremendous. Like I, I didn't know what I was doing when I first started, but I just knew I had to start. I just knew 
I had to start somewhere. I didn't know what kind of format I wanted it to be in. I didn't, and I come from a, a church background. Everything I do is at church. And so I was like, I don't know, like, okay, should I start like with prayer or something? Like, I don't know, like, uh, should there be a song? Like, no, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. But, I, I, I seriously, like, I seriously prayed and was like, okay, what, how, do, how should this go? Like, what is the mission for Beauty for Ashes? What am I doing? And God gave me all of it. Like, it's not just like, no, you don't need to pray. It's okay. Because this isn't, it's not a religious space. It's, yeah. that's not what it is. It's a space of healing. And I'm very clear on, um, and believe very deeply that regardless of your faith background or whatever background, like everyone deserves healing. Everyone deserves this information. And regardless of the journey that it took you to get to where you are, like we, we all need healing and it comes in many forms. And so I, offer the space in love and with like you said with grace because we're already hurting (laughs) we don't need more pain you know what I'm saying and so that was that was the journey to beauty for ashes I just started it girl and I got little confirmations along the way like that I was on the right track and everything just started falling into place and it became, it it like had a life of its own. Like the people would come and at the beginning, um, like you said, it was weekly and people would come and enjoy the conversation. And then I never saw them again, but um, over the past, you know, couple of years, we have a tight, solid, like core group of people that I know will be either be there or shoot me a text like, girl, I got a lot going on right now. I won't be, um, be, uh, joining tonight, but I love you, blah, 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 whatever, you know, I'm gonna be at the next one. But our group is so, um, beautiful and kind and connected in a particular way because and I feel like we've all grown to a certain place like it's almost like do you guys even need beauty ashes anymore I don't like I feel like I gained so much from my conversations (laughs) like seriously I, I I really do like sometimes think and feel like that like because I've I've seen the growth I see like all, none of us are really where we were when we first started and it's beautiful and it's I love the evolution of what our group has become and as new people come in because I get messages um I've gotten messages especially recently a lot of people um hitting me like how do I join exactly like what do I do and okay like I, I I'm hurting I know I need this but I'm a little shy. I don't know, like different things like that. And so as new people come in, I'm really excited to see where like the evolution of what is going to continue to grow to be. But yeah, absolutely. So I want to go back to when you were introducing yourself, 
you mentioned a lot about your roles and titles. So I'm a yeah. minister. I'm these things. But outside of the titles, like, who is Don? Because I think sometimes it gets so wrapped up in the titles and responsibility that the core of who we are sometimes get lost. But in the space of of vulnerability, and because I feel like grief really gets to the core of who you are. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, you can't even hide behind the makeup and and, and the rap. Mm -mm. I feel like it it gets to the core. So. Who is like I guess Don at the core, independent of the titles, just the soul, um, or mm-hmm. who's becoming? If if you have the answer for that, sure. Um, mm, or who am I becoming? I like that because I feel like we're all we're I'm still growing and evolving, and um, who I um, see myself as is um, a kind, compassionate individual who I just love people. I just want people to be free. I just want people to be whole and um, healthy, thriving individuals. And I have, I live my life in a particular way so that I am able to be of service um, to those who I can be of service to. I know I can't help everybody, um, but I strive to give my all when I'm doing something. And when I'm, when I have, when it's, been placed on my heart to be um, of service in a particular way, I do my best mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to be of service in 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 that area. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I believe that's who I am. I try to lead with love mm-hmm. in everything I do. Um, and even when I fall short, I I recognize it almost immediately when I don't lead with love. I really, really try in every because even if I, even if it seems negative, if it's if it's led with love, it's still positive. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like even if it's something in I'm doing something like I need to correct, I'm doing something like uh correcting or chastising or you know whatever if it's in love it's still it's still positive it might not feel good it might have might might have stung a little bit but you know it's coming from a place of love and I I really try to lead with love in every aspect yeah I love that so speaking about who you are I would love to know what is your favorite like childhood memory Ooh, okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, my favorite childhood memory. Mm. Breakfast, Christmas mornings. Mm. I love waking up to the smell of bre- my mother cooking breakfast on Christmas mornings. That's 
Yeah. Because we didn't always have a bunch of gifts under the tree or, girl, even a tree. Let's be for real. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Um, but there was always love. Yeah. Like, we didn't even know that we didn't have stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, we didn't know we were going without. Right. Because it was just so much love and warmth. Like, so yeah, the, the smell of breakfast cooking Christmas morning. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I can just feel that or just even like smell it or get the idea of why that memory uh, is one of your favorites. Yeah. Um, how how has faith been? You mentioned you're a minister, but how yeah. you know having a strong, um, I guess spiritual background or relationship with God. But how how did you learn about faith, and how has your faith, I guess, supported you in your life? And if you have a moment in which that stands out, like where your faith was like kind of like your bedrock that helped you get out of maybe a challenging time in your life. Yeah. Um. So, how did I learn about faith? Uh, by from my mother. Um. Like I grew up in church. Like everybody in my family, I come from a family of ministers. My granddaddy was a pastor. My daddy's a minister. My auntie's a minister. My mom was a minister. Like eh, everybody in my family. Mm -hmm. This is. It was destined to be okay, okay. <laughs> but. Um all preachers' kids don't necessarily have their own relationship with God. And, um, but my mother was very instrumental in my, in that journey. Like we, the foundation was laid as a child, but as I got older, she did not um, shy away from like the hard questions and she really um, made our home a safe space for us to, you know, have deep conversations. And like, we were really able to explore our faith in a particular way growing up that I'm not like, I can have a conversation with anybody. Like, regardless, like, I think a lot of Christians, sometimes people, um, Christians have gotten a bad rap like oh here go these Christians again like just because for whatever reason child I don't know but <laughs> yeah um but I think it's because genuinely I think it's because we are raised we being Christians sometimes are raised to to think and operate as if this is the only way to think or be or whatever. And I understand why, but my, and I believe, you know, fully the, the word I, but I know, and I respect that other people have their own journey and it's not my job to make everybody else a Christian. You know what I'm saying? And now, if you ask me, yeah. if you want to know, yeah. girl, we can go down that path. We, I can tell you, you know what right. I'm saying? Right. We, I can lead you, right. to, I can lead you to the, to the water, but I 
it's not my job to make you want it. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's not my job. That's the work of God. Like that's, God leads us on our own path. That's not, it's not my job to make you go this way. (laughs) Um, But I respect and love everybody and their, in their walk, in, in their journey. And I learned that from my mother. She loved everybody. Like, girl, it was always somebody at our house. It was always, you know what I'm saying? We were always taking people in. We were all, she was always going, you know, feeding people, going to praying for people. Let the, like, I learned that mentality and that um, heart posture from my mother. And in my life, my faith, that foundation has gotten me through everything. Losing my mother in 2008. And were very distinctive ways. They were different, but still very 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 traumatic um for me in those particular times and if it had not been for um the foundation that I have girl I don't know honestly I really don't know Pam Grace where like how things would have turned out I was when my daughter died, I had suicidal ideations. I was homeless after my mother passed. I was out, betrayed and backstabbed by like blood family members. Like I went through a lot of things after both of those losses. And if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I don't know. I, I cannot say confidently <laughs> that I would be here yeah. today. I really cannot because I was I was genuinely, genuinely broken, mm-hmm. devastated. I I when my daughter died, I lost it. I really did. I had a full blown meltdown. Like I. Because, see, people forget that you got to go on with life. Like, life keeps happening around you when you when you're grieving, right? And after the funeral, after all the family had went back to their lives, yeah. my husband had to go back to work, I was left at home alone mm. in that house. And... I lost it. I lost it. I all I could see was her. Her stuff was still everywhere. Pictures, memories. I literally I I did not have the strength in and of myself yeah. to go another day. I could not. And if it had not been for someone, my godmother at the t- um, calling me and 
like she was just calling to um, ask me something or whatever. And I answered the phone. First of all, I heard the phone. Like all of it was divine intervention. Um, because the time that she called me, it was, I was literally sitting in the floor in the middle of the room, just bawling and like really just really losing it. I really was like, I could not be, I could not be in that house any longer. It was just, my whole world was just caving in on me and she called me. And she heard it in my voice. Like, I couldn't even speak for real. Like, I think I said hello. But she was like, what's going on? What? Are you okay? I said, no. Hmm. She said, I'm calling Jason. Out and hung up. My, my brother, my husband sent my brother-in-law over there. He picked me up. And brought me um, to my mother-in-law's house. And I waited for him to get off of work. I, I, and we put the house on the market. Mm. I could not, we, we couldn't live there any longer just because it was so much. It was so many memories, so, so many things. But in that, I even thank God for that because even in putting the house on the market, girl, it was the dead of winter. Wow. It was the dead of winter. It was a snowstorm. Yeah. Wow. Even, girl, we put the house on the market. That following week, we had like seven offers. Hmm. And nobody saw the house. Hmm. Nobody saw the house. Nobody saw, came and looked. Nobody came and looked at the house within a week we had seven offers on the house Hmm. and we were able to choose the one that best fit our situation and would have been and was the fastest closed we were in we put the house on the market we were out of that house in less than a month Hmm. now in the dead of winter in december how that where did that don't happen when does where how does Nobody but God. And nobody, we didn't show the house to anybody. Wow. They bought it. Sight unseen. Wow. Because I had to go. I I could not be there any longer. Yeah. But that's how, but that's how God, that's how God is. He just, he gives us grace and moves miraculously even in even in the pain, even in the midst of the hurting, even in the midst of, you know, the grief. It's like he was still there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. Now, y'all, if it wasn't for the Lord who was on my side, y'all know y'all can sing that hymn. Y'all hear it right <laughs> you, you can hear it right now. You can hear the organ playing. You know, um, yes, ma'am. That thank you for sharing that, and I want us to go a little bit deeper so people can really understand. But you know, having a faith walk, like you said, um, 
your mother laid the foundation, but at some point that foundation had to be tested, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, it's not always tested one time. It's tested in so many different times and so many different ways, but you knew it wasn't by your own might. Um, you said the fact that you heard the phone, because sometimes we could be out of our mind that we're not even mm -hmm. hear what is going on. Yes. So exactly. uh, God gave you the sensitivity in your ears, not only to hear the phone, but to be honest when the question was asked, uh, are you okay? You said right. no. And a lot of people are not honest when a question is being asked to you. You might have yeah. someone calling your line. You're blocking it. You're not responding. You're not answering, whatever the case may be. Um, or some may ask you, are you okay? And you allow to say, yeah, I'm fine or I'm good, or, and you don't know that you might be truly blocking the blessing. And maybe that person was called on assignment, you know, to make those because, you know, she connected some dots for you. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And got you out of there. Who knows if that call didn't come? And, you know, sometimes things are so sensitive, you know, yeah. every moment matters, right? Or every second matters. And the compounding effect of you laying in that house by yourself, you know, mm -hmm. it's those sensitive moments. Um, and they always say, check on your strong friends. I say, check on everybody. You don't know who's strong. All the friends. <laughs> so you don't know who we, you don't know who putting on, you know, we all yeah. need um, that call. But once you get those calls, know, know when to pick up and know when to be honest, you know, know when to be honest. That might really save your life or it might give you that support that you need desperately. You know, yeah. sometimes just saying, no, I'm not okay. And, mm -hmm. uh, and sitting in that um, and allowing people to support you. You know what I mean? Uh, especially the people that are so used to leading or doing or being a caretaker and you, this superwoman or superman or got it going on, but exactly. it's okay. To, it's okay to be got. It's okay to someone for someone to care for you and check for you and look out for you. Um, but I want to go on this journey with you. You know, we talked about, who was Don? I asked you about your favorite childhood memory, but I want to talk about, you know, like who you were before grief and like your first grief experience, you know? Um, so if you can remember um, who you were before grief and your first grief experience. Hmm. That's an interesting question, Pam Griggs. Okay. Because, okay, so my very first grief experience, it's funny you asked me that. I've thought about this before. Um, and it's different. Like the, so the first time I went, I remember this first my the first and my family died and I went to a funeral but and but that's different from my first grief experience right because I was maybe 12 or some somewhere in there when I went to my went to the first uh funeral it was um my aunt um and I knew her and I had memory of her but like I like wasn't super close to her so it didn't impact me the way other 
deaths in my family impacted me, right? Um, but um, I've so I've lost grandparents, aunts, uncles. But when I was, I want to say I was seventeen when um, my cousin died and that impacted me deeply that was really that one was hard because i thought she was everything like she was so gorgeous like she was so cool and like she's my big cousin like she was the first one like that I saw like she graduated college and she's like she traveled and like she did all this cool stuff like she was an artist like she was just everything like just just gorgeous and like when she like she like the world kind of like revolved like she was like one of those people like when you walk into a room and like you see them walk in, it's like everything kind of just moves around them. Like they just kind of have their own orbit. Like she was kind of one of those people and you felt super special yeah. when you were a part of their orbit. You know what I'm saying? Like she made you just feel as cool as she was. Yeah. And when she passed, it was so hard and it made me just really, it really, I, I think I, I was really depressed after she passed because it was like, she's so young though. I don't get it. Like young people die too. This is whack. This is stupid. Like it was super, it was really complicated a lot of my feelings she because it was also um addict uh, there was addiction there there was so and it was a lot of things swirling around a lot of circumstances swirling around it that were just like questionable and like all the all the things around it were really icky and so it was really complicated the that her death and I saw how it impacted my aunt and that was really hard too so the person I was before that because that was my real first experience with grief the person I was before that like I was completely carefree like I didn't even like I knew people died because I had been to funerals like you know I, and I knew it was different because um, <clears throat> I know people now who have never had a family member die. Like they just lived their whole life and never been to a funeral. And I'm like, you just don't know how fortunate you are. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> that's beautiful. It's fantastic not to have had to deal with that ever. But I was introduced to it very early. And I, in a way, I'm glad yeah. that I that I had that um encounter with death and grief early on because I've 
had a very interesting journey with it, like my whole life. Every so often uh, somebody was passing, uh, then a grandparent passed, then another grandparent passed, then my aunt passed, then my uncle passed. Like I've had a few things um, happen, but I think before my cousin Latrice passed, I was, I was a lot more carefree. I was a lot more um, oblivious. Yeah. Uh, kind of like, kind of like ignorance is bliss kind of, you know? Um, yeah. I was very much more carefree, but in her passing, I started writing again. I wanted to, um, because she wrote and um, they asked me to, all of the cousins had to, all of the eldest cousins like so each one of my father's siblings all of their the eldest of their children had to speak and say something and I'm the oldest so I had to write something to say and um I what I wrote I was really proud of it I and I carried it around with me for months after that, just because it was really, that was really pivotal for me in a lot of ways. Like that was the one of the first times I had spoken in front, of, it was a church full of people, um, but it was really important to me that I, that I spoke and said something at her at her funeral too, just because she meant so much to me. Um, but yeah, I think before I had an encounter with Grief Child, I was oblivious. I yeah, and, you and know? I, I second that too because um, prior to my real encounter with grief, I think I was oblivious too. I was naive. I was just mm-hmm. uh, walking around, like you said, ignorant. Yep. List, just like jolly happy go jolly whatever mm-hmm. um no care in the world just just floating you yeah they like floating vibes but there's something that happens when grief appears in a very personal intimate way especially when it's someone that's close to you like you said your cousin you admired her you looked up to her and you probably yeah. wasn't even able to process all the things around her grief probably till later on to really exactly. understand but I think that's when you realize that life is real. You know, like there's this thing oh, yeah. called life and death. You know what I mean? <laughs> and a, sometimes it just sounds like a figure of speech or a theory or this concept or this like, abstract thing. But once it's yeah. like real, then mm-hmm. and it feels personal, not only it feels, it is. That's mm-hmm. when you really start seeing, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, girl, like for real, like you know, yeah. like you said, like anybody can get it, you know. If anybody can get it <laughs> at any know? point, at any point, any day, <laughs> at any day, like yes. about walking the good walk or making the right decisions, like it, it, none of that thing matters. Like you can't protect yourself from this. It's only by the grace of God that we're able to experience another day, and sometimes it's the fact that we've experienced so many years or so many days, even though um, our days are like but a vapor, you know, it's, it's very brief, but 
even though we're experiencing all these days, we have this illusion that we have forever, or we have this illusion that we'll wake up tomorrow or um, we'll experience this or that. But you spoke earlier about your mom and you spoke so sweet about your mom. I could tell she is a beautiful woman. Um, and you also spoke about her passing in 2008 briefly, but how, you know, because I want to talk about the journey to beauty for ashes. Right. And I kind of want to get there and I know it's around grief, but I want people to really understand how, like understand your health and how your health, like how you handled your health. Cause now it's, it, now it's, it's, it's an organization and, and it's, and it's a business. But before you were able even to able to process this as a gift, you had to go through it in real life time. As you say, you went through it a lot. And as a woman that has lost her mother, you know, you, a woman has lost your mother, like that, that's a different kind of loss. And then you also mentioned the loss of your child, which is a total different kind of loss. So now you're a mother yourself. So first you being a child and you losing your mother, um, you know, at what age were you and, you know, just what was that experience like and how did you process her absence now, you know, from her, the physical to now, you know, being in a spiritual realm, like that transition, like how did you process that? I guess at that time and then how have you processed it now because it's so many years later, but how have you been able to like live, um, you know? So at that time, yeah. I... So at the time, I did not process it healthy, healthily. Yeah. Um, but even in that, like, and I is I struggle to even say that because I did. It's it's strange because I had enough um, insight and foresight to know, like, okay, we need counseling. Um, we being me and my brothers, uh, like I said, I'm the oldest, I'm the only girl. And so I have two brothers and I was like, we need counseling. Like this woman was our whole world. Yeah. It was always jeweling her kids. You know what I'm saying? And so now our bedrock is gone. Our nucleus is gone we need help. I don't know what I'm doing. So I know y'all don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. So I had enough insight and wisdom to know we needed counseling. And I reached out to people and to um, a family friend, uh, my one of my mother's best friends at the time. She was very close um to us during that time and I asked her like to recommend somebody for us and um she did and it was a great it was the it was the it was the wisest thing that I could do yeah in that time yeah. and it was the wisest thing that I it was the wisest thing that I did because yeah. there were a lot of other things that I did that were not so wise and um i'm talking just very dish i had very destructive behavior mm -hmm. and it was only 
self-destructive. It wasn't destructive to other people or um, anything like that, but it was extremely self-destructive. And, um, but through counseling and being honest, like you talked about before, being honest with myself, being honest with um, my my the circle the very close circle that I had at that time was basically my brothers um a few of my cousins I was able to you know move through it you know what I'm saying and um I started uh writing again I had stopped for a long time and um I started writing and I'll tell you I'll tell you a story so it was my birthday. So my mother passed in 2008, uh, September 4th, 2008. We dropped everything and um, after the, uh, and came, went to LA, she was in LA at the time, went to LA and, you know, dealt with the funeral and stuff. We went back home to came back to Georgia, packed up our apartment, um, and drove to LA and decided to move there for my youngest brother, who was actually a senior in high school when she passed. And so because we felt like he deserved, you know what I'm saying, to finish his senior year where they, him and my mother decided for him to go, um, he needed the support. So we packed up me and my middle brother and moved to LA and helped him get through school and all the things. And my birthday came around and I was sitting, it was maybe, I take that back. It was maybe like a month before my birthday. I was sitting in my auntie's kitchen and I just started writing. It was very like, almost like an out-of-body experience. It wasn't even like sometimes, and I've heard other artists you know say this like when they're writing or painting or composing or whatever that it just kind of comes out of them not really forced or thought about or coerced like it just flowed out and that's literally how it happened like the whole poem I didn't change a line didn't move anything around like it was just like all of it just came out of me and I worked and like memorized it and it was like I just I want to get this out like I want to like perform it and at the time we were going like we me and my brother would like go to this open mic sometimes this uh this poetry open mic and um I, I never like went up or anything like that. I just enjoyed the space and like listening to other poets and whatever. And for my birthday, my cousins, my brother, like everybody 
we all um they we all went out for my birthday and that was where we went right and so normally what they do is the sign up list is first come first serve mm-hmm. right that night so we go in and it's already packed like it's like standing room only people like you know sitting on the floor and like it's super like sitting up on the stage like it's packed okay and the like we was like we probably ain't gonna get on but we'll we signed up anyway me my cousin I think my brother signed up and so the um host gets up and was like all right y'all tonight we doing something a little different I'm starting at the bottom of the list tonight. And all of us looked at the dogs like, <laughs> not the bottom. <laughs> I'm not ready. I was trying to move up. <laughs> Girl, I got on stage and I it was like, it was like my moment. It was like that, it was like this. This is this is it. What you it was it was made for TV. It was literally a made for TV moment. It was like you've been practicing. You are you you got it. You know it by heart. Like the poem that about your mind, like all your emotions, like everything. It was just like ah. he called my name. I got on stage, girl, and I did it. And like everybody, like the whole every like. And in spaces like that, like you can hear people reacting to your words, and it was just magical. It was, it was magical. And afterwards, um, this guy came up to me. He was like, "I'll never get." He, he he was a a regular poet that would speak and stuff, and he was like, "Um, I I really enjoyed your poem." keep your head up and like was really encouraging and all this stuff it almost it almost felt like like he had lost his mom too you know what I'm saying like the way like the energy that he was speaking to me from like the place that he was speaking to me from it felt very like I've been there like just keep your head up kind of thing but it was like it was such a beautiful, it was such a beautiful moment. It really was. But I started writing to just kind of process through the grief. Um, and that was a way for me to like get it out. Like even if it wasn't a poem, like I had at that time, I bought a journal and I would just write my mom letters. Mm, okay. Because you go from talking to somebody like basically every day, like we were extremely close. Like we, like she was my, like she was my best friend. Like we were really close. Like I was an adult. Like we were, we had like our relationship was like kind of in that phase where like it was kind of transitioning from like motherly, like like down here like to like we you know what I'm saying like our our relationship was like really evolving and growing and like she it was more like advice giving and just super but still when I needed it very nurturing and you know what I'm saying but 
it was more like it was growing in a particular way before she passed and um we talked every day even though um she was in LA and I was in Atlanta we still talked every we still managed to even if it was for five minutes on on her she on her way somewhere I'm on my way somewhere I'm about to go to bed and she out like all right girl I'm gonna talk I'm about to do, 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 you know <laughs> but we still had you know we still made time to you know tap in with each other at least once a day and so going from that to I'm never gonna speak to you again yeah it was like I said it was it was completely devastating it was mind-boggling and earth-shattering like I didn't know what I I was lost without her for a while and writing to her helped me get through that because it was like so okay this is what is happening right now as even if it was just my day yeah I I wrote just to get it out just to to still feed the need to speak to her feed the need to you know even if I didn't necessarily get back the response that my heart so desperately desired and longed for um it was it was very cathartic getting it out yeah um and so that's how I processed it at, especially early on. Writing was a very big part of my process. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I think, you know, people need to remember um, to seek creative outlets in moments of grief, you know, because you mentioned yes. like there was moments where you were self-destructive. Mm -hmm. um, you said it, it was only impacting, it was only for you or you were only it was self-destructive for you, but also that destruction impacts other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Think about it or not. You're like, oh, okay, I'm just doing, I'm just doing this for me or, but other people see and feel and experience you yeah. too. But sometimes when we're in those spaces of grief, we're so um, self-centered in a way because mm -hmm. our feelings are so real and it's so overwhelming that we mm -hmm. sometimes don't even have the capacity to consider somebody else. But I think it's important for us to know that, um, seeking creativity and seeking ways to play in a healthy way can be really yeah. like, um, can help you process through, you know, through mm -hmm. that. Moment. And I remember in our uh, grief session, you read a poem and I didn't know that you were actually a poet, but you read a poem. Do you remember that poem you read? I do. I think you, I don't know what, what it is. Cause I, I didn't know that you're an active writer. You, you've been a writer in the past or you're a poet. Mm -hmm. But I remember that poem being so beautiful. What was that? So what I read was a response. So you talked, you mentioned Inyafe earlier. Yeah. And Inyafe is a, at like, I write, but like, she's a real writer. Like she's a like actual, like for real, like out in these streets writing. Okay. And she um, has a, space um 
because joy i i want to say is the name of it and she challenged me in one of our grief in one of our beauty for ashes conversations um to write because something i said um like triggered like the question i don't remember exactly how it came about but she challenged me to write a piece and she gave me a prompt and the prompt was if the prompt was something like what like if your mom could pack you a bag or if you were packing a bag for the journey grief like what would she put in it kind of thing yeah I I don't want to put you on the spot because we didn't talk about this but (laughs) it just so happened and I didn't even know what the prompt was I just remembered that and the fact that she just said what the prompt is as far as like because we're just talking about your mom and if your mom was to pack you something what would be I think it would be fitting if the folks can hear this piece Um, if you are comfortable sharing I know this is kind of like impromptu. Nah, it's fine. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so okay, so the question. Okay, so I think the conversation was more so around my mom. Um, like I said something about whatever it was. It doesn't matter. But I think the actual question was. So the space is called because joy. Is that what I said before? I don't remember. But that's what it's called. That's what it was called. <laughs> okay. But the actual question was if Joy were the survival, if Joy were the survival kit or bag that you could pack and take it with you on your journey through grief, what would be packed in this bag? If Joy could pack a bag. So, okay. So I wrote this piece based on that prompt and our conversation that night around grief and okay i'm so excited guys (laughs) (laughs) i can't with you okay okay first ever poetry live (laughs) on a healthy podcast by yours truly don prather okay uh okay You will need some things on this journey, daughter, she said. She always had her way with words and her wisdom did not fall to the ground this time. I collected it as it fell from her lips like the leaves of Georgia trees in autumn and held tight. There will be days you're gonna need some of this. She grabbed the bottle of grace off the shelf and put it in the bag. Remember, don't be so hard on yourself. This ain't no quick thing. It's going to take time, baby. There will be days you can't even move, don't want to get out of bed, and part of you will feel like you're failing, not measuring up. Lies, she smiled. You take this grace out and drink some of it. It'll give you what you need to take a deep breath and tell yourself you're doing the best you can, and you can try again tomorrow. She laughed putting her hand on my, putting her hand on my cheek. You're going to need it for yourself 
and others. She is speaking from experience. This was not wisdom gained from a book or handed down from one of her elders. This was firsthand knowledge, lessons learned out of her own loss, mistakes, and missteps. The level of urgency grew and I feel her worry for me. I'm scared, I say out loud, confirming what we both already knew. She paused, but without looking at me, she says, I know. Just remember the lessons I've taught you all these years. Moving towards me, she, she placed her hand on my heart. You'll always have me with you here. She continued to collect things to put in the bag. Next was a love blanket. You wrap yourself in this every night, you hear me? Yes, ma'am, I said. Its warmth will comfort you. It's weighted just right to ease the anxiety that will surely come. You will rip. It will remind you that you are stronger than you feel, that you are loved and never alone. The conviction in her eyes cut through me. She needed me to understand something that I could only fully, that could only fully be comprehended with experience. She hugged me. In her grasp, she imparted all the things left unspoken. She always gave the best hugs, but the, the intention with which she hugged me this time was prophetic. As if she could give me everything else I needed through it, like her arms produced some supernatural shield that made me impervious to all the fiery darts that grief had in store for me. She took a deep breath, released me from her arms and grabbed me by the shoulders. Looking into my eyes, she said, there's no more time. You have to go. With tears in her eyes, she parted her halfway smiling lips and gave me her final words. I know you'll be fine. You are my child after all. Clenching the bag, I began. So many thoughts and feelings flood my mind and body at once. The sound of my feet hitting the pavement brought me back to myself and I didn't realize I'm still holding the bag in my arms unzipped. I paused. Looking down at the bag, I realized there are three other things inside it she didn't tell me about. I kneeled down and pulled them out one by one. A Walkman cassette player, the tape inside marked faith. A handgun etched on the side, the word truth. And finally, a brown paper bag Inside were sandwiches, handmade by her, marked hope. I put them back, zip up the bag and throw it over my shoulder. Standing to my feet, I looked back once more to see her, but she was gone. This is it. I take a deep breath and journey forward. In honor of your sweet mother, in honor yeah. of spirit, in honor of her transition, in honor of the fact that she's still alive. And the fact that it's September 10th and her anniversary was September 4th. Mm. Um, I just wanna give honor to her for yeah. you and all of the wonderful things that she has done that still lives. And the fact that she still lives through you. Um, that poem was beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Yes, thank you. And um, I think the prompt 
was really good. If you are able to give anyone who is grieving, maybe a parent right now or may may want to write, what kind of prompt would you offer for them to go into themselves? Um, hmm. That prompt came from an honest conversation and it led to this beautiful, and the way you just described her touching on your heart and your, like, like it's almost like she came alive in yeah. paper and, and it was so honest and real. Uh, girl, it was so perfect, but <laughs> it was so perfect. But what kind of prompt or exercise? I think this is really beautiful um, that someone could listen to this and, and maybe could use and, and could sit on something and, and write something that could heal or at least get them through a, a moment, a tough moment. Yeah. Um, you said maybe a parent who's lost a child. I, um, I would say my prompt to them would be list all the things you wish you could have done. Um, it's, it's interesting because I just, I spoke, um, I uh, did a piece yesterday at uh, this women's conference and um, I did a piece that I wrote um, years ago when my daughter passed and it always felt like it always felt unfinished it even though like it sounded finished but it within myself like it felt unfinished and um I was given the opportunity to um write something for this conference and like girl it just was not coming like I had started and started and not completed like 15 things like 15 pieces and and just could not like get there <laughs> if that makes sense like it was just like oh no that's not it oh no that's not it and um I remembered this piece and it was like okay let me revisit that let me revisit this. And I was able to kind of add to it. But in that piece, I talk about like all the things I wish mm. that I had been able to do. Um, and it was very cathartic to just say it out loud, like to just say all the things that I wanted yeah. for her, you know? So that's what I would say. Um, I can read that one too for you if you like. Yes, absolutely. Let me find it. Um, because I think that's uh, girl. When you when you lose a child, like like we said before, like it's very different from losing a parent, and so um, that would be my prompt, like list all the things tell tell your child all the things you wished for them you wanted for them because that's a part of the grief that's a part of um 
what you're grieving. You're grieving all the things you wish you could have, all the things you wanted to see them do. And um, yeah, so this is called um, Full Circle. <clears throat> there aren't enough collages, pics, words or songs to post. There wasn't enough time, memories, laughs, hugs and kisses or bedtime stories. I wanted to see her be a big sister. I wanted to teach her how to be the oldest, how to carry the secrets of her siblings like sweet kisses and delicate flowers holding them close, how to be there for them no matter what, even when they got on her nerves. I wanted to show her the power she held, the strength she came from, the love that created her. I just, it wasn't enough time. I wanted to teach her how to study the word like mommy taught me, how important, <clears throat> how important faith is in this world, how to be a warrior, how to be a worshiper, how to be compassionate and genuine. I wanted her to grow up. I just, it wasn't enough time. I wanted to hear a full sentence, a complete thought. I wanted to hear her sing. I wanted to teach her those old songs that mommy taught me. We could have been a duet too. My favorite was my witness. I wanted to witness her fall in love. How to be, uh, I wanted to witness her fall in love. Be there when her heart was broken for the first time so I could school her on these boys. God, it wasn't enough time. I'm struggling with reality. Wishing I had a flux capacitor, I could go back to that morning, to the night before, because I needed more time, more time to be her mommy. Maybe I could save you. Nala, sweet girl, my booby baby, maybe I could save you. Then reality washes over me and like a wave, and I remember that in your time, you saved me. You taught me how to sacrifice, how to love. You already knew how to keep secrets because you kept my biggest secret of all, that I never felt worthy enough to be your mother, but I was so glad that I was. You saved me. You saved us. You saved this family. And no matter how much more time I wanted, you had all the time you needed to spread your love and happiness, to infect so many with your spirit of joy, to remind us all how important today is and how to appreciate the people in our lives, to keep life in perspective, not getting bogged down when things get hard, but finding the good and recognizing and celebrating the small things. Thank you. And now that I'm thinking, you know what? You were already a warrior. My personal warrior princess praying for mommy when you saw my tears of pain and frustration, warring in the spirit for daddy that his heart wouldn't harden with every smile and sweet hug, with every ever so gentle pat on the back and caress of the cheek, my sweet girl. You were born a worshiper. 
you came into this world hands raised to the father and no matter how much more time i wanted you had all the time you needed you had all the time you needed and now i use my time pouring into your sister She's a feisty one, that Zoe, my Puda baby, my new beginning, sunshine on a cloudy day, dancing machine. She's amazing. And watching her grow and telling her about you. So until every now and then she tells me she misses you. It's love to me. Watching her watch me like I watch my mother is joy to me. Hearing her sing songs I taught her, or even better, the ones she makes up on her own, is peace to me. And it reminds me that sometimes we are afforded these moments that are full circle. Full circle like the evolution of seasons back to spring where the pain of loss ebbs and we are able to experience the flow of joy. Yeah. Oh, Nala. Yes. Honor her as well. We give space Thank her, her sweet soul and her presence that lives within you and um, your family and her siblings. Um, you know, I actually have a dear friend of mine that, that lost her child. Um, but to, oh, you know, I'm a mother and girl, I, I wouldn't want to think so, so you know because yeah. chap but i know that it's the worst pain you know i, I know it's the worst pain ever because and not like you know the bear child it, it's, it's a life and death experience almost and yeah who we were passes on and then who we are is here and it's these two new people the mom is new the baby's new the yeah and all the things um and, and you in those nine months, you are thinking about the life that you're going to have with this child, you know, whether right. the child was planned or not, like the child is here. So you come to this point of acceptance and then you come to this point of like joy and celebration. And then uh, you think it, you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. thinking like next week, but then sometimes your mind may go to like, man, I can't wait till they go to get to this milestone. I can't yeah. wait for this. I can't wait All the things. that. Um, and so for that to have to be cut short and the yeah. at whatever time, whether it's just a few months, a few years, and they, whether they're a teen, whether yeah. they're an older adult, but they still pass before you, you know, yeah. so it's like this idea of like, okay, the parents going to go first, first the mm -hmm. grandparents, then the parents and the kids. Like we got this like order of how things should happen. Yeah. Happen out of order. It just doesn't feel right. Or, mm -hmm. or it feels wrong um, for anyone that is processing the unexpected loss of their child. Um, what do you say to the woman and what do you say to the man? Because I feel like a lot of times, sometimes the husband or the father or can sometimes uh be alienated from that grief um mm -hmm. even though their experience is still real i don't know sometimes they always have that support or language or someone giving them space to grieve because the woman is so deep in their grief 
You know what I mean? And so Absolutely. How, how would you, um, what, what, what would, what would be your words or your counsel for that? So for the mother, I would say that even though it feels unbearable and nothing makes sense in right now in that in that space nothing makes sense nothing is funny nothing is okay eat why for what why am i eating sleep why for what why am i sleeping i have nightmares when i go to sleep I, all i see is my child's face i don't want to go to sleep yeah. i don't want like it's painful to be awake it's painful to be asleep it's painful physically emotionally mentally spiritually just angry and frustrated and all the things all the things all the emotions my my words would be it's okay it's okay to feel all the things you're feeling you're not crazy you're not alone and it's important to not take um don't take on what other people how other people think you should be responding to this because it they didn't lose your child you lost your child and um it's important that you find your own way to get through this grief. Go through the journey because grief will still be there. We cannot ignore her. Like grief is going to be there. Okay. And it's very important. It's, it's vital and, and necessary that it is um, acknowledged and it is dealt with um and it's important but it's extremely important that you find your own path through your grief if it's laying in the floor if it's crying every day if it's not getting out of bed for a month after you lose it after you lose a child like is a piece of you there is a piece of you missing there is there is a whole like you have to come back to reality like and even though the reality is painful even though it's excruciating to be there you have to you have to keep moving just put one foot in front of the other it's going to be okay find support i um went to uh someone suggested to me uh, a angel that's exactly what she is she is an angel dr joyce lovett she was my um child she was my daughter's pediatrician my fr 
her first pediatrician. She then uh, very soon, uh, right before she passed, actually like a few months before she passed, she, Dr. Lovett retired. But when she heard about her passing, she got in contact with me that same day. I don't even know how this lady did this. I, I don't even know how she got this message to me, how she even knew. But she um, suggested this group called Compassionate Friends and they have chapters all over and it's a grief support group just for parents who have lost a child. And it was a good first step for me just to be able to be in a space with other people who had who were dealing with the same particular grief that I was dealing with and to put language to the feelings that I was having and the thoughts that I was having and like all, all of the things that were swirling around inside of me, um, hearing other people um, give context and give uh, language, like I said, like it was very profound for me. And it was almost like <clears throat> it, it gave me hope, you know what I mean? That okay, I can I can I can get through this. I'm not just some anomaly like this. These thoughts I'm having, the the mind frame that I'm in, all of these things are natural reactions, natural human reactions to losing a child like this, right? And so my my counsel, my advice to someone who has to a to the to parents who have lost their child is first of all you have to own your grief. You have to you have to and you have to do it the way that what makes sense for you. For the first like month, me and my husband like were almost inseparable, and we um found a counselor we we did the compassionate friends group it was too much for him but like i said it was just right for me and but we found a one on one um count uh in person counselor that we started going to um and it was a process because the first person that we went to was not for us but we kept going and tried someone else and we found what worked for us. But it's really important for um, people to, when it comes to the parents of uh, who have lost a child to, it can either, a counselor told us this, Losing a child will either bring you closer together or it will rip you apart. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And and as soon as they said it, it I was like, absolutely. I can see how it would do both without a shadow of a doubt. But you have to make the decision that I can't do this without you. And that's where we were in it. And um, I would say partic uh, specifically to the husband or to the father of the child, make sure that you're um, 
taking care of yourself so that you can effectively be there for the mother so that you can be um, strong enough to help her process her grief also. And I almost want to say it's, it's important for you both individually to have, you're both individually going to have your own journey, right? But it's beautiful when you have your own journeys, your own grief journeys, because as a father, losing his daughter is something, or his son, is something totally different from a mother losing her daughter or son, right? Those are the, those are two different paths. And it's really important to honor that and not say, okay, well, we both have to do it this way because that's not true. And it's not um, fair. It wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't honor the um, type of parent that you were. It wouldn't honor the love that you had individually and inside things that you had individually with your child. Um, so it's important to have your own grief journeys, but because, especially if you're married, especially if you are a couple, if you are partners in in relationship, it's really important to have something special that um, for both of you. Like, so you have your own grief journeys, but you also have your grief journey together. And um, my husband and I, I think have done a okay job with making sure that this like this part is taking like we are doing our own grief work but also we do things together like we honor her on her days together we um have made it a thing a family thing because we now have other children so we make it a family thing to honor her and remember her um in our own in our own way as a family and um we i'm sorry and we um do it because we know how important it is to carry on that her memory and it was really important for us when we had children after losing her because i was pregnant with my oldest son now when we lost her. So we made the decision very early on to um, that we were gonna tell them about her, discuss um, ways of remembering her, still celebrate her birthday, still all the things and have made her memory a part of our family dynamic. And so I think it's really important for for the unit to um, come together in that way. For, but that's the advice that I would give. I love that, I love that. Um, so a few more uh, questions as we conclude here, but I hope you guys are, you know, there's so much to Don's story and you know, you guys have to join Beauty for Ashes, if you want to learn more um, and if you want to explore your grief, maybe in a different kind of way. Maybe you've seen therapists, maybe you've been in different groups. You know, this journey is ever evolving. And so 
if you feel like you need a different type of space or need to be in a different environment. Like I wanted to grieve with black folks, you know? So I was really excited to not only have like people that were aged, like in my age range, that I was women of color. Like that was really, really important for me because I wanted to know that I wasn't by myself in this space, you know, in this grieving experience, you know? And so depending on whatever you're looking for, what you need, um, make sure that you find and actively seek those communities that you're looking for. But, and so there's so much to share, but uh, I, I really appreciate Don speaking to the the parents that may be grieving a child um, that you may have your independent journey, but also coming together as a unit to, to, um, to heal together as a family, to memorialize and to celebrate the life um, that, and the spirit that still lives on. Right. And, and the, and the impression uh, that that um, that your children have left in your life. You know, the mark is ever itched. You know what I mean? The, the impact, you know, is, is ever there, right? And so, um, you know, definitely find ways to creatively do that. Um, and so, Don, what has been your greatest life lesson? Wow. Okay. I know My greatest you. life lesson. <laughs> Jeez, Pam Grace. <laughs> um. Hmm. My greatest life lesson is probably. I'm gonna say it's. Find the good. Um, when my mom passed, we, we being my brothers, my siblings, we were doing something. We were on our way somewhere, um, and it was just, it was just a bad day. Like we was having a bad day. It was terrible. I don't even remember everything that happened that day. It was like nothing was going right that day. And um, my brother said something and it was just like, something rose up in me. It was like, nah, man, we not doing that. We, this ain't how we gonna, we, we can't go out like this. No, we gonna find the good. And that's, that's how we gotta move. We can't, we cannot be bogged down like this. We, we, it's, I know, I know it was a bad day. I know, I know, but we not gonna, we get let's find the good let's we gonna see here we gonna think about something good that happened today okay because we can't end the day like this. it's like it was that bad okay and I took that I never I never forgot that because it was like regardless of all the bad things it could it could be bad but there's always some good like let's focus on that let's focus on the good because life is too short and I'd rather think about something good to yeah. get me to the next thing and to give me hope, give me strength, give me, you know, enough joy and peace to get to the next moment. And sometimes that's all we have is enough strength 
to just make it to the next moment. And sometimes we don't even have that. So let's find the good to focus on so we can get to that. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, find the good. Find the good. That is so profound. You know, find the good. Um, so beautiful. And when you were speaking, I thought about light and seek or find the light or, or seek the light. Because I remember listening to a sermon from T.D. Jakes one time and he, regardless of how dark the room is, if there's a little bit of light, you're going to see that. Like it, 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 you're going to see that no matter how dark that little bit of light. And so if you can focus on that little bit of light, that finding the good, I'm telling you like, um, you know, that, that is, that is, that is going to be your hope. That is going to be like, what gives you strength? Like you said, to go to that next moment, it's that light, it's that good. It is, um, because when you fixate on it, the, the light expands, light is expansive. You know what I mean? And so it might appear small, but it, it, it's really big, you know, it, it's really, really big. So I love that. Find the good, find the good, seek the light, all that good stuff. Okay. Um, few more here. So what is your ultimate life goal? My ultimate life goal is to fulfill purpose. Um, and it, whatever that looks like right now, it's being the best mom I can be and being, um, the best wife and grief advocate that I can be um, through Beauty for Ashes. And even that is evolving um, and growing. I don't know what my ultimate life goal <laughs> is. Uh, like what I, because we don't know, like, and the goal I have for myself might be too small. Like it's, I don't know what God has for me. You know what I'm saying? But ultimately all I want is to fulfill purpose, to fulfill what I'm placed here to do. And um, I'll be happy with that. Perfect. What is the quote that you live by? Hmm. A quote that I live by, I think, I think I said it before is just leading with love. Um, yeah, I think that's the, that I would say that just lead with love. Okay. Um, what do you want to be remembered for? Hmm. So it's funny you asked me that. So um, I mentioned that my mother's anniversary was, uh, the anniversary of her passing was on the 4th. And um, I was telling my brothers when we had our, we have um, our group call, I was telling them like that I was really thinking about what like just about like legacy and like what 
what we're remembered for and things like that, right? And I realized that as long as I'm remembered for love and um, being a good mom, like, I'm okay with that. Like, I just want, I just want my kids to, to remember me fondly the way we remember our mom. You know what I'm saying? I want them to have, you know, good memories. And even when I messed up, I want them to be able to remember, like, she was able, like, she, she would mess up, but she would apologize. She she wasn't afraid of apologizing when she made a mistake or she treated us with respect even though we were just kids and she listened. Yeah. You know, she made me feel special. And like I, I want my kids to have to be able to have that legacy of relationship with me. You know what I'm saying? If that's all I'm remembered for in this earth. I'm okay with that. That's a job well done for you. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay, so we have this part, have we closed out? It's kind of like finishing a sentence. And so um, I'll start the phrase and you can finish. So okay. I, I am. Strong. I will. Hmm. I will overcome. I can. I can Hmm. Do anything. Okay. And I know for sure. Hmm. I know for sure that Hmm. I know for sure that when we lead with love and let our light shine, the world becomes a better place. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. I absolutely love, love, love that. So that's really it. That concludes um, our segment of grief and owning your grief and just life. Um, what are you working on? What are you working on? So I am always working on uh, Beauty for Ashes. I come to realize that I am Beauty for Ashes. It's not really a 
just it's not just a uh, support group or um, you know what what it has you know evolved into but I am beauty for ashes everywhere I go um, I was just talking to somebody at work <laughs> giving her you know resources and letting her know like listen I've been there I understand anytime you want to talk like I I, I am this I am this yeah I'm not doing it I am it and um so the more work that I do even on myself um healing my my own healing and grief process is all works together for the evolution and growth of um, Beauty for Ashes and what it is going to become. I'm um, working on being more available for things like this. Yes. Um, talking about Beauty for Ashes, talking about grief, my own grief journey, um, speaking. Like I said, I, I um, was a part of a conference yesterday. Like I'm saying yes to more things because uh, I know like, uh, like you said, uh, like I said before, just purpose work is just really important to me right now and not being governed or dictated by necessarily um, just the hustle and grind of things um the day-to-day nine-to-five just you know rat race but stepping away and like saying okay purpose work is important too and um putting effort and intention behind that is rewarding and powerful and meaningful and impactful and necessary and so yeah that's I'm working on myself because I am beauty for ashes <laughs> beauty for ashes um yes. so since you put it out there you are saying yes uh to opportunities yeah um you know to advocate or speak on grief or discuss you're just you're just open and you know you're a poet you're a writer so there's so many ways that people can can utilize your uh, your talents your gifts your purpose uh it's gonna unfold so beautifully so guys how can people reach out to you don if they want to connect if they want to connect to grief for ashes because i know that some of us who have been in there, like you said, we have evolved, but there are some new people that want to experience and need and looking and can't find. Um, yes. And so how can they access you, whether it's a corporate organization or, or a nonprofit, or if it's an individual that is seeking your services or your support? Yeah. So, um, Beauty for Ashes Grief Support Group is on Facebook. 
um, Beauty for Ashes Grief Support is on Instagram. And um, my personal Instagram page is uh, Nala's Mom. And you can find me um, there at Beauty for Ashes is where it is. Yeah. Let me find I'm sorry. Hold on one second. Let me let me give you the exact app for Instagram because I think there's an underscore in there somewhere. Okay, absolutely. And I'll also I'm gonna um when this launches, I will add all her contact information. So I'm just saying this. I just want her to say it so you guys can hear from her, but all her information will be accessible on all the podcast outlets, YouTube. So you will be able to find uh, Don for sure. Um, but as she's pulling that up, I wanted to say something around grief as well. Um, September 22nd is my mom's birthday. And it, this year, December 26th will make it her eighth year. Um, but around this time, you know, late August, early September of 2015, a few months before she passed, um, we had did a trip to Kenya, family trip to Kenya. And I've been getting like Facebook notifications when they do like the memory reminders and, oh, this was eight years ago. And I'm like, man, mm. I'm like, I cannot believe that I've lived eight years, you know, coming without my mom. Like, that's wild. Like how you know yeah. how did I live and experience life this long without someone so important to me and and so as, as we're talking about grief um I just want it, to it's been an honor to speak with you about it also like I said because my mom's birthday is coming up she would have on the 22nd she would have been 61 so she you know she passed uh-huh. to 53 so um, very, you know, very young in, in age, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But as we said, anybody can, can can see can see the can see the end, you know, at any time. But nonetheless, I wanted to say this. I wanted to say, my grief journey has not been linear. You know, I think I got so busy with the things with life and the business of grief. You know, there's a whole business of grief. Absolutely. So getting thrust into the business of grief and then getting thrusted into her business, her personal affairs or her other business that she Mm -hmm. had that I delayed my active grieving process. Yeah. didn't seek therapy. No one told me about therapy. No one paid for me to go see. No one everybody kind of like came and dipped, you know, they, you know, mm-hmm. I felt like everybody was gone and I was deserted and I was just left to, to fend for myself. And so, um, I feel like I cling to relationships or I would cling to just wanting someone to be around or even if that it was, it wasn't even like loving. It wasn't like I saw mm-hmm. you going yeah. somewhere with me. I just thought it was just probably like comfort or whatever. But that worker bee mentality, that busy bee mentality, sometimes it, it puts you in a space of like zombie zone. You know, I'm just going through the motions. I'm just moving. Um, mm-hmm. I remember one time saying like I woke up out of my life and I felt like a hurricane had just came through and I woke up and I was like, oh, shit, what? Where all this yeah. come, where all this mess come from? The house yeah. down and stuff. Over. Like, who going to clean this up? And mm-hmm. what it was 
was was the fact that I was so absent. Yes. Uh, I was so absent uh, from my life that I didn't, I wasn't even aware of what was and wasn't happening. You know, mm-hmm. I was tending to everything else outside of tending to myself. Yeah. And, and what happened and what has made, what, what angered me a bit is the time went by, not just six months, not just a year, yeah. but years of my twenties went by where yeah. I was in my body. Mm-hmm. And so the relationships that I was having or the experience I was having, it wasn't really authentic. It wasn't real. Right. And I feel like if you're not careful, grief can rob you of time. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And you have to be mindful that grief is a course of life and we're not educated on how to process that. We're just thrusted into it. And I think that's sometimes a little bit harmful because we don't have the tools sometimes to navigate or prepare. And if you have the tools, I think it's still going to be tough, but I think it's a little, you can navigate the waters a little bit better, I guess, even if you have the toolbox or whatever, but yeah, I was so angry when I woke up and I tapped into my life and that I missed some years of my life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm like, yo, I could have been doing this. I could have been doing that. I could have been living. I could have been experiencing even while grief is present, but I could have been healing and living and doing and experiencing joy and doing the things versus being a zombie, like out of my body, out of my mind, just a shell of myself. And, And even though I was accomplishing success or accomplishing things or finishing things, there, there was nothing here. Mm-hmm. In, in. And so I just want to encourage people. Um, grief is going to be a, a journey, a life journey. And once you experience grief once, you're going to experience it again. If you're blessed to continue to live, you know, yeah. age. And what I can say is go through it. Yes. Don't avoid it. Don't let the, cause time is precious. Don't let life pass so much time pass and yeah. put it to the side. And then years go by. I'm talking about five, six, seven years. And now, you know, I went from my twenties to like my thirties and I'm like, Oh, sh- dang. and then I'm trying to like, Oh, so I got to do some stuff in my life. I, I want to go to school. Oh, I want to do this. Oh, my son is older. How did he was just six. How is he? So I miss my son's life and I felt like I wasn't tapped into my baby and then now he's older and I'm like I don't have time oh my gosh like I stopped taking pictures of my child we used to do like annual pictures like all the cool little like uh joyful things that I did yeah my motherhood stuff stopped you know a lot of things stopped the things Mm -hmm. that were Pam Grace centered the things that were for me the me thing stopped you know and so I encourage everybody actively seek support you can go in support but don't stop um don't delay the process because you will have to go through it Mm -hmm. and so don't delay the process go through the process but still allow yourself to experience joy allow Mm -hmm. yourself to love allow yourself to be intimate with yourself with others, you know, allow mm-hmm. yourself to be vulnerable, allow yourself to be, to uh, enjoy success or to travel, yeah. 
or to enjoy your children uh, or to because sometimes what happens is when you're grieving you feel you can't you're not allowed to experience allowed yeah mm -hmm. you feel almost like wrong mm -hmm. for, for experiencing and that is a level of self-harm that yeah. is toxic and then we're going to keep doing that over and over and before you know you don't beat yourself down to the ground and so yeah. I, I, it, it, it's, it's the way it's the reality where both truths can be real where the grief can be really real and you can be sad about the loss or mm -hmm. two or, things can be true but but the two things can be true and it's okay yeah. to hold both of those spaces at the same time, time. Yes. See what I'm saying? And so that would be my biggest encouragement, guys, because I woke up and I was pissed at me. And then I got pissed at my mama. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, wait a minute, Shorty. You can't. How you well, how do you leave? On my life. Yeah. Right. So now I wanted to fight everybody. So now I'm like, <laughs> everybody can get these hands because what we're not going to do is waste the little bit of time that God has given me. And I don't know how long my lifespan is going to be, but let me enjoy. So please, guys, yeah. let me get to joy. Lean into resources. Is there any books that you recommend as, as we're, as we're closing? Do you have any books or anything that you think will be good? If not, it's okay. I don't have any. All I know, that, <laughs> I know there was two books that I really enjoyed that I remember. I remember, uh, return, uh, and I don't know if this is a group book, but this is a book that I like returning to love by Marianne, Marianne, uh, Williamson. And I really like the book trust, uh, by Ayanna Vincent. That was, uh, those okay. are two books that kind of helped me, but I don't know if they helped me through grieving, but they just kind of helped me kind of connect with me and, and loving me and trusting life a bit. So, well, I have this book right here. I can um, share. Um, so this book, I'm pretty sure I I've shared it on the, Mm. in our group grief is love yeah um by marissa renee lee and um uh, she talks about a, a few different types of losses that she's experienced in her life and giving yourself permission to um feel to love to have grace to all the things like just and I really, I love this, um, the, the way that she, you know, speaks honestly about her grief process. Um, but it really resonated when I received it, it was a gift. Um, it resonated with me because it was a lot of things that we talk about in Beauty for Ashes. Uh, we've talked about multiple times giving ourselves permission to just be, giving ourselves permission to feel the pain, giving ourselves permission to be angry, give ourselves permission to laugh, have joy, give yourself permission, like whatever, it's okay. Like it's okay to experience all of those things, even while you're grieving, Absolutely. even, even while you're grieving, especially <laughs> while you're grieving, because, um, you're still here. You're still here. So, um, yeah. And thank you for sharing, um, that about your grief process, because the funny thing is, is I recently had one of those moments too, like, man, I just completely like a part of myself was completely 
just turned off like completely yeah you know what i'm saying for like 10 years <laughs> that part uh-huh like completely numb completely like just like put to the side mm-hmm. um but yeah i i just recently had one of those moments um and you're absolutely right grief does definitely rob us um if we allow grief to rob us it doesn't have to rob us but when we ignore grief that's how she be robbing us because she she is yeah uh yeah, she one of them ones. Like, no, she gonna get hers, okay? That part. She, she gonna be right here. She gonna be right here waiting. Like, oh, you, oh, you ignoring me? Oh, okay, that's right. fine. That's fine. I'll be, I'll, but I'm gonna still be right here. Still gonna be right here, and I'm gonna pop up on you when you least expect it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so you might as well just deal with me. That part, that part, because it's at the end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, it's intended to grow you, but I think that was the biggest thing is when you learn, when you realize that time is the greatest, is one of the greatest currency, you know, our health is a, is one of the greatest currency as well, but it's like, we can't get that back. We can't get right. that time back. We can't get no. any of that back, and so we need to make sure that we check grief. We experience it, but don't let that thing, because that what that what it will do is it'll turn into the enemy, you know, Mm -hmm. like against you, you know what I'm saying? And against your life and against all the fruitfulness that you have, you know what I mean? So address it, you know, tend to it if you need to, whatever the case may be, it's not going anywhere. It's almost like the weeds, you know, tend to it, you know, go around, go into your garden. Okay. Okay, I see what's going on. Okay. Let me pull up these weeds, but let me take care of myself a little bit. Let let me, you know, let me take care of my hurts or whatever. Let me not let this thing, go crazy before I start killing all the blessings that's in my life or that's in my girl. Yeah. Right? And so yeah. That's what we have to do. But Don, do you mind closing us out? You usually close us out really nicely when we do our, um, it don't have to be long, but you always say like one or two words of like, uh, like to go away with, do you mind like giving us the, 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 to go the, the beauty for ashes, uh, yeah, just a beauty for ashes, a benediction. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um well first of all thank you so much Pam Grace for allowing me in this space and to share um a piece of myself with you and with um this beautiful um space that you've created I'm super proud of you and I am healthy podcast. Um, and I think that it's, it would be befitting to just say that it's important for us all to in our grief journey, in our healing journey to, um, make sure that we are healthy in all areas of our life and health is not just um physically 
you know, knowing knowing your numbers, knowing where, you know, what your blood pressure is, what your, you know, do, 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 all of that is super important and vital and necessary. And we should be responsible for that also. Um, but also it's really important and vital and necessary to make sure that our emotional health, our mental health, spiritual health, all of those things are in alignment. All of those things are where they should be. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's work on all of our health all the way around. Um, but uh, yeah, that that's what I would say. And I want everybody to know that at the end of the day, you are loved. You are never alone and find your, find your community, find your tribe. Um, because I promise you that whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, whatever, um, experiences or trauma that you have had in your life, there's someone who can speak to it and can encourage you through it and tell you, oh yeah, I've been there. This is how I got through it. This is what I did. And I hope that Beauty for Ashes continues to be that for people um, who are grieving. And I hope that I Am Healthy podcast um, becomes that for people who are looking for their healing journey. And um, I just give you so much grace and love and blessings for this journey that you're on right now with I Am Healthy podcast. I know it's the sky's the limit. Sky is the limit, guys. This is it. Thank you so much, Don, for gracing us with your presence. As I said before, you're an icon. You're a beautiful woman. Um, you're, you're, um, your path, your your stories, your experiences are not in vain. You know, everything is in purpose. Everything is in divine timing. Uh, yeah. As we were speaking the other day, our time is now. You know, it's our, you know, God has been hiding us and, and you know, working with us. But our time is now. We're ready. We're ready to speak. We're ready to share. We're ready to do. We're ready to impact. We're ready to move in purpose. And so I encourage you to... Um, to, to own that and just know that you have done a great work thus far. You have supported my healing. And so I am so thankful for you um, and for Beauty for Ashes. And guys, thank you so much as well for tuning in to I Am Healthy. I wish you all the best, guys. Remember, health is wealth. Health is your greatest currency. So invest in that, protect that, and nurture that. Have a good one.